Hi guys, uh, welcome back to 9 to 5. Uh, I was about to say greetings <laughs> from 9 to 5. Uh, we hope this podcast finds you well. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, Sarah, mm-hmm. where have you been? Where have we been? I think the question is where have we not been? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, from Costa Rica uh-huh. to Italia <laughs> to where did I go? Eldore. Uh-huh. I've been everywhere, uh-huh. but Jane has been master. traveling the world. Uh-huh. How was Italy? How was Costa Rica? <laughs> <laughs> By the yeah, guy, she's the weakest link in this podcast. Uh, yeah, she's the, she's the person who has not been showing up to. No, this let me podcast. tell you guys, Sarah's um, job. Is old school, right? So while I am usually available, right? Because I work from home most of the time, or I have the option to work from home. Sarah here is required as much as she's a communications specialist, which basically means she can work from anywhere. She has to be at the office nine to five. Or is it eight? Actually, it's 8 30 <laughs> or seven. It's 30 to 5. It's 30 to 5, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, for most um, podcast spaces, they work like 8 to 5, right? Mm. So, we've had quite a bit of a challenge. In um, the weekends, it's also hard to find slots because Saturdays are usually like fully booked. Yeah, but we are getting into it. Soon we'll get, um, we'll be able to do like home home podcasts. That's the goal, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. But guess what? We are back. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Jane? Um, so today uh, we are Imagine talking... If people have forgotten us. Let me introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> True. So my name is Jane Muhia. I am an advocate uh, of the High Court of Kenya, as we like to say. Um, so I'm a learned friend. <laughs> um, I work in the human rights sector. Uh, that is my nine to five, um, so to say. Um, and we are passionate. Um, we are passionate about uh, human rights generally, but we were also quite passionate about the work experience and uh, women at, at the workplace and just being able to share our stories, the stories of our friends and what their experiences have been in the workplace. And that's why we started this podcast, Sarah. Yes. And my name is Sarah Nyakeo. I am a communications um I don't like to use specialist, but I am a communications pundit and I I am very passionate about human rights, of course. If you follow me on the socials, you know that. But also recently very passionate about uh, the experience of work. And yes, mm-hmm. that's why we started this podcast. Yeah. The nine to five. Yeah, by the I tell you guys, the level at which Sarah is when it comes to labor <laughs> matters. Just know you already have like, this is a farm in itself. <laughs> Sarah is not a lawyer, but the amount of information that the kind of terms she's using nowadays, just know you sorted. <laughs> I think we should actually start a consultancy on labor issues. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, Sarah, I think um, the, the purpose of today's podcast, really, we just wanted to reflect a bit on some of the cases that we've been seeing from our courts. Um, So basically to set a bit of context is that we have a specialized court for employment and labor matters that was established uh, under the the 
I'm avoiding saying the new constitution. Uh, it's a bit old now. It's, 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 it's a bit old. Um, so, but it was basically established under the constitution. Previously, we didn't have a specialized court for employment yeah. and labor matters. So that court is of equal status with the high court, uh, which means um, appeals lie to the court of appeal. And in extremely exceptional circumstances, then you can go to the Supreme Court. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to reflect on the cases, the very interesting cases, the kind of jurisprudence we are seeing uh, as we compare that with our experiences or what we've had from friends, some work practices, and hopefully we can share some useful insights. Uh, but before we start that, um, Sarah, um, what have you seen? What is trending? What are the current topics uh, before we dive into cases? Okay. I don't know. I think for me, I've been experiencing work as a job seeker. Mm -hmm. So I've been very keen, of course, on um, the kind of employer I want for my next job mm -hmm. and what are the trends in regards to the employment environment mm -hmm. in the world, basically. Mm -hmm. I know there's been a lot of jokes on employers calling people back to the office after COVID. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, it's not sitting well with them. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think um, for people who have progressive employers, mm -hmm. I am not one of those people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think most of people are still negotiating with their employers on how they can adjust towards going back to work, but mm -hmm. also continue with enjoying the luxuries that come with working from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how have you been experiencing work these couple of months? Um, I think it's, <laughs> it's been fine. Um, I, I think I, I don't want to delve much into it, uh, so to say, but I would say probably it's something we can discuss in the future uh, when time is right. But I think um, for me, I think first of all, um, just from your experience. I think the other day we were talking about how frustrating or how disappointing the job seeking stage can be. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I would be able to face like more than three rejections, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you are going to get it and then it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not sure I'm strong enough. Yeah. So I think I admire that a lot because it has not faced you. You still as... Um, positive as ever you're still as brilliant as ever so yeah i think uh for me it's inspirational but i think in terms of the workspaces i think there's a story i had told you i'll tell you yeah and i think i'll, I'll just say it so uh, i think for those of us in the kenyan context we obviously know that the past um few weeks have been characterized by protests and so one of the conversations that we are there's obviously i think Two things for me, protests and the fact that um, the status of the economy, mm. right? As you are talking about people being recalled back to work. I always say sometimes, I think at this point, because uh, with the infl inflation rates, with no money, so most employers are not even able to make that uh, inflation adjustment that people would usually request. Mm. So I'm like, that conversation of working from home or flexible work arrangement is now like almost like an essential, yeah. right? So if you're not able to 
on the one hand, the employer is not able to adjust your salary to mm. allow you to be able to go to work on a daily basis, that sort of thing, because there's an expense to it. So then why can't we have that conversation of, okay, let's do flexible mm. arrangements. If I'm going to stay at the same salary bracket, mm. then can we talk about reducing the expenses for me? So yeah. one of those ways could be working from home yeah. so you don't have to incur transport or fuel, whatever it is, um, that works for you. But I think the other thing along that conversation is just what the experience has been for people. You see, like now you were saying your employer is quite um, inflexible mm -hmm. about that whole work from home arrangement. And one of the experiences like a friend of mine was sharing is how how these past weeks have looked for them. So I remember the first time, that first, not Saba Saba, the the first um, protest, I think it was on 12th July. So they ended... So obviously, yeah, after Saba Saba. Yeah, 12th. Saba Saba is 7. Yeah, so that the one that Next happened one. on a Wednesday. Yes. Yeah? Mm. So they their employer was not communicating anything. They didn't say anything. So basically, guys were expected to go to the office as usual. So they went and then the situation got bad, really mm. bad. And especially for her, <laughs> she lived um, on that side of uh, Mombasa Road, Mulolongo, Kitengela, mm. somewhere there. So, and then, um, you know, like the those, those sides were the most affected, right? Yeah, out of nowhere and mm -hmm. totally unexpectedly, those places turned out to be the most uh, violent, right? Mm -hmm. And so that day what ended up happening is that they were not able to go, like they, they couldn't stay at work, mm -hmm. so they were, they were released. And, but then by the time you're being released, you can't you can't go home. Mm. Um, and so she ended up actually having to uh, to stay over at a friend's uh, for the night and then in the morning go through the hassle of going home, coming back to work. So and then now the following week, there were protests, right? And then even in the evening, what happened is that, you know, we all know that whenever this protest happened, in those like places that end up being violent mm -hmm. in the evening, even when things have calmed yes, down, yeah. people turn into thugs, yeah. right? So you can't really go home yeah. feeling safe because you're either dealing with police uh, on the road or, and they, 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 it's almost like a curfew situation yeah. or everyone else is deemed a thug yeah. or you'll have to deal with thugs. So, and then now the following week, it was the question of, okay, so how, how, what are the plans since you guys had to go last time and had to go back home? So have you guys mm. been communicated that you shouldn't even show up? Mm. No me. communication. So my friend decided to take leave, to take a leave day because mm. they're like, okay, I can't risk it. So can I take a leave day? Mm. Yeah. So, and then now what ended up happening is that now when they came back, they were being questioned as to why they took leave. <laughs> Right. So I'm like, yo, like the level. And I think one of the things we've said constantly is that what happened to being reasonable. Yeah. Right. And having to like you're not communicating uh, and knowing very well. And, you know, like it's almost like traumatic. So to say you're like, what if tomorrow I show up and then end, end up in the same situation I was in last week? Nobody knows what is usually going to happen on those mm -hmm. protest days. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't even know whether it's your area or it's another area that is likely to be to be affected. And then you, you decide, okay, let me just even spend my leave day then if, if my employer is not saying anything. Yeah. So they were being, and actually on that day, people ended up going home mm. yet again exactly. <laughs> because the situation by 11, they were going home because the situation was not any better, yeah. but she ended up also being questioned about why she decided to take leave. Mm. She, had, she did not give two days um, notice 
they had that internal thing of you have to notify me at least two days before you mm. go and leave. But you see that one she took out of necessity. Yeah. I'm not going to risk it. I don't feel safe at all. So let me just take a leave day. Yeah, so those are some of the situations that continue to puzzle me or to puzzle <laughs> us uh, in terms of uh, the workspace and the degree to which employers sometimes are, um, I guess, unreasonable. Communication is... is is um communication is such a i think it's a big deal in any relationship and more so mm -hmm. even in an employee employer relationship mm -hmm. yeah and maybe now sarah we can and those are deal. the same reasons that make people go to the employment court yeah so yeah. number one uh -huh. then, uh -huh. first case <laughs> you want me to start yeah um i think i'll start with that case i was telling you sarah it is what we call locus classicus <laughs> As lawyers would say, like it's one of those uh, landmark cases. Uh, first of all, because it was one of the first cases uh, to be decided upon mm. when, um, like I told you that, so this court was established uh, probably in 2011, thereabout, because mm. now this constitution was 2010, August. Mm. It is established by an act. Um, let me just tell you that. That act, I forget what year that act is off, but it's around 2011 thereabout. Mm. So this case is called VMK versus Square, Square the University, mm. right? And it's a 2013 case. So usually for certain sensitive cases, sometimes they use the yeah, abbreviations, initials, yeah. initials to protect the identities. Mm. And then I think the other stri striking thing about it is that this case had so many layers yeah. of uh, what everything that could go wrong, uh, especially for even let's just say a woman and mm. a human being mm. uh, in the workplace. So this person was employed, she was obviously a lady. Mm. So they were employed as uh, telephone operators and then she had to, there was a telephone operator and then there was there was a switchboard operator. Mm. So the switchboard operator job seemed to be a bit higher than just the telephone operator mm. or the telephone operator stroke mm. uh, receptionist. So she was employed alongside three colleagues. And then at, at some point, uh, the two colleagues were actually given letters of appointment, mm. which confirmed two male colleagues. It's important because there was that element of oh. male treatment, unfair treatment uh, from a gender perspective. Mm. So she was those uh, the male counterparts were actually given appointment letters that made them uh, permanent employees. So that means you have insurance, you mm. have allowances. But her, she was never considered for this role, despite the fact that those guys had actually they had come in at, at around the same time, and I think one of them had probably just come in maybe an year before her. And then so they advertised there was an internal advertisement for like that switchboard job, right? Mm. And she applied for it. Right? And she actually was interviewed and she was recommended for appointment. And then somehow she was required to do a medical examination in the clinic of the institution. Mm. And then in that course of that medical examination, they did a HIV status test. And she was actually not even informed of, of um, that being part of the, Which is wrong. Of the process, right? Mm. And, unf and unfortunately, in those circumstances, she was actually HIV positive right and then at that point the employer just went quiet right so 
by she went they went quiet and then she now kept on just doing her job as a casual employee mm. and then uh, i think it's important to note now at this point now there are one year between her and the employees at this point the male counterparts they are now earning like four times her salary already mm. so she decided uh, after now like five years i she's like hi why are you never reviewing my you've not rev- and imagine at this point she was earning just 7000 imagine and it's been five Five years now to go 2013. It's not like we are in the 1990s yeah. or something, right? So she asked and then they give her like a one-year contract. In that one-year contract, like you see now they're not even giving her permanent. Yeah. It is now a one-year contract and it is, they revised her her, her, her pay from 7,000 to about 26,000. You can imagine how far and no other benefits unlike her male colleagues and then on that same year she went on maternity leave mm. when she went on maternity leave uh, they they did not pay her and so now you see now she decided to to go to court right mm. and it you see the several layers we've seen gender we've mm. seen medical, medical condition sure. we've seen maternity leave mm. and so she's she's among the the first people to have been awarded like damages mm. because of that sort of treatment by her employer throughout the like the seven years mm. uh period yeah mm. so mm. how much was she paid let me i'll confirm before we we finish well let me tell you she was actually awarded mm. um usually you remember we say unfair termination first of all yeah uh because um so there is the element of and we say for t- whenever the court finds that there was unfair termination yeah it is 12 months Yes. And that is stipulated by law, yeah. section 49 of the Employment Act. Yeah. And then that is now calculated uh, against your salary for yes, 12 yes, years. Yes, yes. But then now the court awards what we call exemplary damages yes. for now these other discriminatory yes. factors. <laughs> And she was actually awarded 5 million mm. uh, for, the, for the discrimination as well as the unfair treatment, yeah. uh, which had made sure that she was actually earning way less than her male counterparts mm. so i think that was one of the like the first cases and it's often cited you it touches on many because there after that there have been cases on maternity leave mm. there is cases of differential treatment between male and female yeah, yeah so it's been cited quite a bit thereafter mm. mm-hmm. that's a good case mm-hmm. and i think most most of these things mm-hmm. people don't know mm. and that's why we have the employment and labor code mm. to just um put the employers where they belong <laughs> i think so I th- and i think one of the things that uh i think employers or just good to note is that first of all i like that the the employment code does not box it's not a, it's from what i have seen yeah. they try as much as possible to evaluate every case on differently yeah, yeah like consider the specific circumstances mm. so you might have been dismissed under the same circumstances yeah. but they look at those factors different factors yeah. and arrive at a conclusion like nothing is like white and black for them yeah. it's what are the specific circumstances related to this case and then the other thing mm. there is always a thing about where the court always seems to view the employee as the weaker party. Mm-hmm. So as much as possible, you'll notice that they they protect the like they assume like the power imbalance. Mm. So for them, 
like what you can see from their jurisprudence and how they interpret things, they tend to sort of look at that power imbalance yeah. and actually appreciate that an employee is a disadvantaged party with a lesser power mm. in that dynamic employee-employer dynamic. Yeah. I think for me, one of the cases that uh, I felt that was close to my heart, mm -hmm. of course, for the people who have been our subbies, mm -hmm. you obviously know my own personal story mm -hmm. about how my salary was deducted without consent mm -hmm. and why this case for me was very personal is mm -hmm. because this person was a CEO, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm. So he's was accused of not following the procedure on a particular matter mm -hmm. in regards to it's a, of course it's a company there are procedures to in regards to mm -hmm. uh, procurement mm -hmm. so he was accused of uh, not following the procurement process in mm -hmm. acquiring specific goods mm -hmm. so his employer mm -hmm. and i think because of of course he's a ceo i think in this case it was the board members mm -hmm. they decided to suspend his salary mm -hmm. so the coach uh, ruled that um uh we'd suspend the salary for not for not for uh, not following the, the procedure oh, mm -hmm. in regards to procuring procure, procuring certain goods mm -hmm. and of course it how now, of course, it relates with my case is that, mm -hmm. uh, of course, as most of the subbies know, mm -hmm. is that I did not go to work for a certain period of time, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be a study leave. Mm -hmm. And in that case, the employer, mm -hmm. my employer decided to deduct my five-day pay mm -hmm. without actually following the procedure. Yeah. So in that matter, the person was paid $12 million, mm -hmm. Uh because the employer mm -hmm. did not, million. yes, mm -hmm. did not uh, follow the disciplinary action mm -hmm. that is supposed to be followed before suspending the salary. Yeah. And in that matter, mm -hmm. the employment court wrote that suspension of an employee's salary mm -hmm. for any reason mm -hmm. is disciplinary action that should never be taken without due process. That should never be taken, yeah. Without due process. Mm. And I think... One of the things that myself and you keep on talking about mm -hmm. is that a lot of things that happen in regards to employment and even what now even makes the court pay people mm -hmm. is not even about the action itself. Mm -hmm. Like at the summary dismissal mm -hmm. or anything else, mm -hmm. it's the process towards that process. Yeah. So that, and a lot of cases have shown that the process is not, is what, uh, leads to people being paid all these kinds of money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very clear that a lot of employers think they can uh, cut the corners, mm -hmm. but the employment court has, over the years, put them in line. Yeah. But funny thing, most of these employers never learn. So Yeah, well, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, and even to pick it up from there, um, is this conversation about uh, that's the termination procedures, mm -hmm. right? And there's these uh, two cases that we are discussing about um, recently about the the need to have a fair process yeah. all the time whenever you're dealing with um, employees termination especially yeah. and I think for the longest time there was that there's a section uh, in the Employment Act uh, yeah. that that sort of exempts, like you see probationary period, I'm driving at that probationary period yeah. um, um, uh, 
provision, yeah, right? Yeah. And the, there has been um, this like long-standing practice where if you're on probation, the employer does not actually follow mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Like subjecting you to a disciplinary procedure, yeah. uh, the hearing, a proper determination as to whether you're on the wrong or not, mm. the warning letter process before we reach that, mm. that final stage of termination. And um, there has been actually two decisions, mm. one a 2021 one and mm. a 2022 one, mm. where the courts have actually agreed and said, mm-hmm. look, there is over and above... Um, the provisions of the Employment Act. Yeah. The Empl- our Employment Act is actually a 2007 act, right? Mm. And then now we have the Constitution. Yeah. And one of the rights, uh, okay, there's obviously, by the way, we're supposed to tell people about the right to labor and labor rights are actually protected constitutionally, Article mm. 41. We'll put a link on the, the description. The description, right? Yeah. So, and one of the other rights that is introduced in our constitution is fair administrative action, mm. right? And I'm sure you've had all these people uh, saying that, like so many people have benefited from mm. action that has been taken against them that has been has not followed due process. And so what the court has actually said is that that provision of the Employment Act that purports to exempt the employer from subjecting you to a fair administrative process in and whether you're on probation or whether you're a, you're a permanent employee is actually inconsistent with the constitution. Mm. And therefore they're actually expected even when you're on probation, you're expected to ensure that you that you undergo proper disciplinary mm. processes. So you mean when you're on probation? Because I, I think a lot of people, even us who mm-hmm. are purport to be very woke, mm-hmm. most people think that when you're on probation, mm-hmm. you're not even an employee. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you hear people say, ah, you know, if he doesn't pass the probation, mm-hmm. they can... Uh, they can fire you. Mm. So, okay, that's quite informative. Mm. Yeah, so it becomes unfair. It also becomes unfair and you can, you can, you're awarded damages yeah. uh, for it uh, if there's no, oh, yeah, if if proper procedure is not um, followed. Yeah. Mm. I think now one of the most famous uh, judgment that people have seen in the last two weeks mm-hmm. is the one for Freedom to worship. Uh-huh. 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 What do you have to say? Because mm-hmm. some of our employers be calling us on Sundays mm-hmm. when we are praising Jesus <laughs> and know. praying for new jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you just had to be salty about it. Um, I think we sh- we'll actually, I think, provide all the citations. Yeah, of course. And actually shout, shout out to, I think his name is James Wanchet. Yeah. You guys should follow him. Like he has become a fave yeah. uh, for us because uh, you want to stay like up to date on employment matters. He discusses uh, some of this and shares some of these cases. Mm-hmm. But on to that case. So what had happened is this person um, had actually, is a Seventh-day Adventist. Mm. They were working for a medical institution. Mm-hmm. I think because they were working seven seven days um a week. Yeah. So what this and they had actually disclosed it yeah. uh, to the employer that okay, I'm seventh day, what compromise? And they had actually reached um and a compromise yeah. where she had agreed, they had agreed to the employer that she will sacrifice her first her first uh, son no, her first Saturday, her first Saturday of the month, yeah. she used to go to work. Yeah. And she had actually said, I'm actually available even on Sundays because yeah. me, my worship day is Saturday. Saturday. 
And then the rest of the Saturdays, she could go to church. So on this particular occasion, apparently they were doing a budget uh, representation. Yeah, those I think it's one of those annual budget. You know how mm. finance people and heads of uh, institutions mm. uh, are keen on. Like that budgetary period is usually like a critical period. So I guess they were going through that as an organization. And then they had like a review meeting during the week. And then there were a few things that needed to be changed. And then now they were asked to present it on Saturday. So our friend here uh, decided to, she actually ensured that the work was done and then delegated to a colleague mm. uh, to, to, to present. Because her, she was like, okay, it's Saturday as usual. And it was, it was not a first Saturday. It was, it was not. Was 24th. It was the last 24th, Saturday. Yeah, of yeah. the month. Because they were saying the deadline was on a 28th mm. and how she wanted to be. Like she was uh, working on it. Like the Saturday was the 24th, mm. right? So she delegated. What mm. does the employer do? They dismiss them mm. uh, at gross misconduct because yeah. they did not come on, on the Saturday. And so then, then you find it's a situation where... And then the employer, actually there was something annoying about at, at it was your fault. And it's that conversation I usually tell you. Where did where did you become like... I feel like the, the workspace sometimes has become like... Uh, exams like primary school exams <laughs> whether it's either a it yeah. can only be a yeah, yeah. and there's no discussion there's no other way about it yeah. and so like they were trying even the employer was trying to say it was her fault that this budget was not even completed the friday because she had not developed a document that was at at par mm. i'm like mm. but people there's room there's always room for feedback yeah. there are different perspectives so y- y- my document is not perfect. You get like you yeah, can't yeah. make that argue. It's not like um, an A answer sort of thing. The budget anyway. That's a side note. So they were suspended for gross misconduct, and therefore it became not even as fired for fired, gross misconduct. Yeah. And now the the discussion was their right to religion mm. and the the allegations of the employer. So the employer was trying to say it's actually not related to their right to religion, mm. what, 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 blah. And But the court was like, look, this issue seems to have been at the center of this. It is for that reason that even this employee communicated, right? Communicated to you from the beginning of, of the contract, you guys actually went out of your way to make an arrangement mm. over the issue. So you can't now at this stage argue that it was actually not an issue. So and that's how they were they were again unlawful termination mm. and um religion like their right to religion in the, in that circumstances was being compromised under unlawful circumstances. Yeah. Mm. But also looking at some of these things that happen mm-hmm. if okay for us who are human rights practitioners mm-hmm. if you start internalizing them mm-hmm. from like now a perspective of human rights mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. actually, the employer can be taken to the employment court mm-hmm. and even find mm-hmm. um, that other rights have been infringed. Do you mm-hmm. remember that conversation we were having about the right to health yeah. in that situation I told you? Which one? The one for my workplace. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Sick leave. Yeah. Ah, it, okay. Where you're yeah, limiting yeah, yeah. the access uh-huh. of held uh-huh. to specific people. Yeah. Yeah. So if something happens, mm-hmm. that is something else that could be yeah. used as uh uh what are the other ones? There's damages and this declaration. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, and of course, one of the also another trend I've seen, mm-hmm. and of course, I when I, when I saw this case, mm-hmm. it was very critical for mm-hmm. a person who is very keen on working for an international organization, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course, it's the meta case, mm-hmm. and now it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of us want to work for international organizations, Mm -hmm. but that does not mean they are perfect employers also. Mm -hmm. But then what is the nexus between Mm -hmm. our jurisdiction and their jurisdiction? Mm -hmm. So if I'm working for company X Mm -hmm. that is based in Washington, Mm D.C., and of course such things we are are talking about happen to me, How am I able to know that I can still sue Mm -hmm. in our courts here in Kenya when the employer doesn't have a physical presence in mm-hmm. my country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, of course, the meta case, uh, of, course, of course, I'll allow Jane talk, to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. The meta case has somehow, ha- has precedent setting, mm-hmm. but it's not also very clear for other, other employers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for the meta case, there was also other things, but it is one of the cases that, that has shown that you can still sue, mm-hmm. but... Can you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that emerged from the Meta case that was actually even for me a bit shocking was the fact that uh, if you look at, so there has been a series of uh, Meta cases, right? Yeah. From the first one. For the first there one. There has also, there was that employment one and mm. then some people filed something around content moderation, mm. right? The, pol- the policies. And now that jurisdiction issues has really come into into mm. focus because uh, Meta has really tried to to stop these cases. Just immediately they are filed. Mm. Their first application is to argue that we are not subject to the jurisdiction of, yes. of courts. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think... Um, from one of the things that what I was saying was shocking is realizing, not to be technical about it, but for a can, for a foreign company mm. to operate in Kenya, there is a certain there are certain provisions within the com- companies act that they are supposed to mm. comply with, mm. right? And then like one of the discussions we've had um, around this issue is okay, lack the lack of a physical office mm. and the fact that you like for instance Meta, mm. they have such a huge clientele, yeah. right? Like there are so many people, like almost all the phone users in Kenya will probably have uh, an, a Facebook account, right? Yeah. They'll probably have an Instagram account, right? Yes. They have WhatsApp, WhatsApp, right? Yeah. Those spaces, they're being used for business. They're yeah. being used to... Uh, you're collecting... Taxi, data. You're collecting a lot of data. Yeah. You're paying... Yeah, you're paying people some of it. You're making money. Like, you know, content creators also create money for yeah. the platform owners, yes. right? Without those content creators and us using the platforms, then the platforms would yes, not be profitable yes, yeah. for them. And so it was a, a thing of, of being able to evaluate. Okay, mm-hmm. you're saying, technically speaking, which also raised issues, like how is this company operating to this extent mm-hmm. without um, without local, without local. Uh, complying with those requirements of, yeah. of foreign... Of foreign um, for you to operate as a foreign company in yeah. the country. And why has that never been enforced? But then now looking at it from those other, being able to undo those other things. Okay, can you make that argument when you have this many clientele, mm. you're affecting their rights, right? Because mm. our, like if you look at the framing of our constitution, it applies to those both public and private entities. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's why people are able to sue even 
like Vocal. these corporates and sue them because they are subject like anybody who any entity any individual uh who operates in Kenya they are subject to the human rights standards of of Kenya yeah, right yeah. and that's why people are able to sue them um and i think the other thing um is to highlight like whenever you sign a contract you'll always find there's a clause on applicable law mm. and dispute resolution mm. and i think it's very important to pay attention to those clauses right because mm. usually even in normal commercial business people choose you see that applicable law you essentially choose the seat or the law that will govern your contract. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, Even yes. like in normal commercial business. Yes. And you'll find that that, that should be also provided, especially mm. now it's, these situations are, are bringing to the fore the importance of even us as employees paying attention to those clauses, right? Yes. To make sure that the applicable law is Kenyan law. Because mm. you, how are you going to fight them in? in DC or whatever you other can't. country they are from, <laughs> yeah. right? You can't. You don't understand those systems. Yeah. You don't know what rights accrue in those jurisdictions mm. but you you're within Kenya you're doing the work from Kenya mm. you're working in the Kenyan context so yeah. it's important to look at those clauses to yeah. make sure that they protect you in the sense that they provide for yeah. Kenyan law yeah. yeah i think also one thing that is also becoming very common as we wind up mm -hmm. is and I would also want you to address it. Mm -hmm. I have had uh, several cases mm -hmm. of the PIP process mm -hmm. being very murky, mm -hmm. being very unclear. Mm -hmm. What is the procedure? What is what does the law say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is the law Good clear? <laughs> no, I think yeah, because I, think... I feel a lot of people are going through. A lot of mm -hmm. employees mm -hmm. are even are on PIP mm -hmm. without actually following the stipulated process for the PIP. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think a lot of in regards to I've, I know we've diverted a bit, but in regards to the processes at the workplace, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, the employer moving to the final process without actually following the process. Mm. And of course, uh, unfortunately in this episode we we did not find such cases around PIP, but I know PIP is becoming a serious employment concern. Yeah. yeah. And I, but there's actually one uh, more recent one that oh. I can quickly go over mm. about um, I, I think this person was an employee of actually a bank. It's an I think national bank, right? Yeah. And then um, they were put under PIP in 2020, right? They were transferred and then they were, they were doing those annual reviews that we do and then they were scoring, like they have a score. And yeah, then like at some point, yeah, yeah, and then at some point the employer said, okay, if you score below this, mm. you can be put under PIP, yeah, right? Okay. And so they were put under a PIP. Yeah. But then um, I think one of the things that, um, that uh, came out of that case is that when you put someone under PIP, there are certain undertakings that you take mm. both sides, mm. right? And there are reasons that the employee will raise as to why they are not performing as they should. Of course. So in this case, for instance, this person was saying, first of all, he was transferred. Is she? She, I think it's she. Oh, it's the she, yeah. the one Nam for that building that was, the National Bank was in a building that had no escalator. I'm not sure, but there were issues. It's that, I, I, I know that, I know, yeah, I know that there's a particular case around performance mm -hmm. and that person was, 
wherever she was coming from, mm. she was performing. Mm. But when she came to this particular ah, there branch, another one. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was an issue about clients not being able to access there. Yeah, mm. there's a lot of There things. was a lot of issues. Yeah. But now for this one, the ones I remember that mm. were raised is, first of all, they were transferred in March. Mm. COVID happened. Mm. So for a bank, your targets obviously Shh, have something down. to do with clientele. Yeah. So you're not able to meet people yeah. because of Because COVID. of COVID, because we needed to have the mask, of yeah. course. And then there's also the issue that was raised about he also, I think he specifically or she, she, I don't yeah. know why I keep saying he, they raised the issue of I, um, the like debt collection. So there was a certain officer who is supposed to be there to assist with follow-up on those issues yeah. and they had actually flagged that issue mm. as being of concern. But the employer never did anything about it. And then you'll find in most PIPs, they include issues like coaching to yes. sort of uh, yes. shape your management, one. whatever, whatever, yeah. to shape your management approaches, make yeah. you a better manager. So they make them in PIP, but they never follow, follow up. Yeah. So the quote, that's what the quote was saying. Like even in such circumstances, even if you're on PIP, yeah. it's not just to say this person was under a performance uh, process, mm. meaning they were doing poorly and therefore we could just... Um, like dismiss them on yeah. the basis of being non-performance. Yeah. We have to evaluate what did they say were the reasons why they could not perform. Yeah. What did you agree to? Did you meet your yeah. end? And if yeah. you didn't, then it's also unlawful termination because yeah. you didn't follow um, due process and it was an unfair process from from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think before uh, we wind up, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's important to say that when there's unlawful termination, mm -hmm. And uh, Jane, you can clarify, mm -hmm. the court can have a declaratory uh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and comp compensatory. Mm -hmm. And uh, declaratory, I know that mm -hmm. if you have been unlawfully dismissed, mm -hmm. you can be told to go back to the employer. Mm -hmm. Of course, that doesn't <laughs> go very well most days, uh. but it's it's a, a judgment that can be made. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be comp compensatory. Mm. It can also be mm. declaratory. Yeah. They usually like it's, it's, um, like, like it's one of the, they're about. Yeah. It's one of the, the, actually, it develop, it comes from constitutional sort of constitutional rights, mm. generally bill of rights. So you can make declaration, you can make injunctions, you can make compensatory orders. So, and then you'll find, even in cases now when they, they find unlawful termination, yeah. you see unlawful termination is set by statute. Yeah. But the court is not also precluded from issuing what they call exemplary damages. So like in cases, those cases of discrimination, yeah. so they can actually declare a figure. That's why you see like that lady we, we are saying was awarded five million. Yeah. And it's not based on anything. Yeah. But now what has happened, now you see as jurisprudence develops, they sort of create a standard. So yeah. if it's it's HIV, you're discriminated on the basis of your medical much. status, whether mm. it's HIV or whatever else, mm. then the courts have continually established yeah. this band of yeah. damages yeah. but yeah they're just some of the yeah most courts will avoid putting you in that volatile situation yes. or <laughs> forcing that relationship because yeah. it's a relationship yeah. and it might end up being detrimental yes. to, to you like you mentally yeah. yeah so and even for most people at that point you're like don't i don't want back. even to be to yeah. be there you see so yeah. 
that's why damages is is a better recourse because then the employer can get the message yeah. and then you can go on with your life and search for something else. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I think today we started on a heavy one. Technical, <laughs> technical topics, yeah. but it's just, I think for us, it's important for us to talk about also the law. Be yeah. practical. Mm-hmm. Be like we try and be like those are practical things in the sense that we can talk about these issues as much as we want. But yeah. what does the law say about it? Is there any recourse that you have? Yeah. And law? also just to know for people to know that they have remedies. Mm. I think for us, uh we'll be keen on these cases. Mm. Of course, uh, this on this episode we were not able to discuss a lot of cases mm. there are so, many, so cases. many cases it's been 10 years yeah. and but we'll be watching out for of course the famous one mm. i think people in our sector know that uh, one of the executive directors of a particular organization has sued mm-hmm. because of the same thing mm. so these things um, and there was that you remember that case of somebody who was calling somebody a nickname lollipop yes or it's still in our sector yeah. so it's not like also our sector is perfect but we be on the lookout for these cases mm. uh, if of course this episode was helpful mm-hmm. we can always have one case per episode mm-hmm. just to see yeah. what's happening uh, at the employment court and maybe just to be able to learn for ourselves and for you yeah. but yeah that has been the nine to five episode we can't promise you will be consistent but we will promise you just that we'll yet. have just yet yeah an episode yet. every <laughs> once in a while mm-hmm. so that's it that is it from us uh it's been me Sarah mm-hmm. share this podcast with your HR and your toxic boss and your friend please mm-hmm. we need to educate educate our friends because they help us pay bills and they cannot be in a toxic workplace (laughs) so bye thank you guys Kwaheri Jane over here bye